The movie Freedom Riders, which is out now, is set in Long Beach, California. It takes place in, I think it starts about 1994, and it's in the wake of the Rodney King riots. And so the divisions among the students in this particular school and everywhere else there around that area were were palpable. For instance, if you were a Latino or a Latina, then the African-Americans were your enemies and the Cambodians were your enemies. If you were Cambodian, then the African-Americans and the Latinos were your enemies. And likewise, and for most of, most all of them, that lily-white rookie teacher was their enemy. Well, without giving too much away, the teacher, this young new teacher, helps the students to find common ground as they write their stories and tell their stories. When they begin to listen to themselves and each other, their hatred melts away and they find freedom. They find freedom in the care and compassion and in doing what's right. So in a way, their teacher becomes like a savior to them. Like Jesus, she helped to set the oppressed free as her vision of unity became a reality for that one class. We can wonder if the Apostle Paul's letters unified the factions in the Corinthian church in like manner. More words are devoted to this congregation than any other in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul had sown seeds, sown the seeds for this church and helped these new young Christians grow. But then he went on to start other churches and in Paul's absence, they began to sprout factions. In 1 Corinthians 12, the chapter prior to this one, Paul is Um, talking about the human body and the spiritual gifts that they have and how they comprise, each of them has a gift and all of them together can make up a human body. One could be like a finger and another could be like a heart and another could be like a nose and all together they work in a unified fashion to build up Christ's kingdom. We use images of the body when we say, I have two left feet. Or when we say, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. We're talking about a lack of unity with those things that we still say today. So Paul, as he's closing out chapter 12 about gifts and getting ready to open up chapter 13, he says, I will show you a still more excellent way. And that more excellent way is love. Love unifies people. Love unifies people who have different gifts, different skin color, different values. 
Love holds relationships together. Love unifies people of different social standing, different traditions. Love preaches good news to the poor, proclaims freedom to the captives and sight to the blind. Love releases the oppressed. When Harriet Tubman escaped from slavery in 1849, she immediately became involved in the abolitionist movement. She organized meetings, she spoke against slavery and things like that, but that wasn't enough for her. Her, free, her own freedom wasn't enough. She decided to return to the South and deliver other slaves to freedom. It was a great risk that she took because if she had been caught, then she probably could have been either put back into slavery or killed as an example to other potential runaways. But she went back, not one time, but 19 times, eventually to rescue about 300 slaves. Each trip became more risky as slave catchers were on the alert for her. But each time she went anyway, and each time with God's help, she said, she evaded the authorities. That is a love that leads to freedom. Freedom was the theme for our transformation journal chapter, and As I worked through it, I realized how enslaved I can be to habit, to tradition, to staying in my own comfortable bubble, which really become like the bars of a prison. It's easier for me, perhaps for you, to think about oppression and blindness in terms of others. Others are oppressed, and they are. Others are blind, and they are. It's harder, though, to think of that in regards to ourselves. I might be enslaved to the pains of my past. I am among the blind who need God's vision. I am among the oppressed who needs God's and Jesus' unique freedom. It's Jesus' way of love that helps us to replace old ways with new and better ways of relating, of working, of living. Jesus shows us that freedom is found in love. Some of you have heard me talk about the time, the two years that I spent in West Africa. I have another little illustration to bring to you about that. I hope you don't tire of it. But um, I trained with about 40 others to go to West Africa. I went to West Africa. We all spread out all over the world. And during that time, we weren't allowed to come home. So, of course, I got homesick now and then. And I remember one particular bout when I felt very dark It was like a dark cloud had just descended on me. And I 
didn't know what to do. I felt angry at my situation. I wondered why I had gone in the first place. I started to feel more and more sorry for myself. And as I did that, it was like the the cloud just pressed in on me from every side. Maybe some of you would have had this feeling about other things. I didn't I don't know what made me do it. But I got up from my oppressive chair and picked up a pen and some stationery, sat down at the table and started writing letters of encouragement to the other people in the same program that I was in, Guatemala, Korea, Burkina Faso. Do you know where that dark cloud went? I don't know either. But it lifted, and in its place, it was like the sun had been relit. It was shining then on me. And you never realized these things at the time, I don't think, but later it hit me how powerful it had been to take that cloud and turn it into, turn it outward. I was focused inward at the time, but when I turned outward and focused away on other people, then that black cloud just lifted right away. That's the power that love has to set us free. Now, I believe it was the Holy Spirit that guided me to pick up that pen and those papers and stamps, do something with them. If we have experienced then that freedom that love gives to us, Jesus calls us to follow him and help others know that joy and that release that freedom provides for us as well. Doesn't make us free from all worries, but we are free to know that we are not alone, that God walks with us through every dark valley and brings us back into sunshine. A lot of people don't know this. Most of you probably do. But a lot of people don't. And so it's up to us. It's up to us to love them enough to tell them. If Pope John Paul II was right, then our freedom consists not in doing what we like, but in having the right to do what we ought. Freedom consists not in doing what we like, but in having the freedom to do what we ought. My aunt and uncle used to gather with a lot of other couples and go square dancing. Now, I'm not a square dancer, but I, I need the deacons and I need Becky. Come here. Yeah, just come up just for a second. I, they need to see what a square looks like. So stand up here and yeah. Come here, Becky. You're my partner. Look, we even have the right number of men and women. Lewis, come over here by Joyce. Colette, 
would you stand over here by Bill and Marie? Would you stand by George for a second? All right. Now stand next to your partner. Instead of in a circle, stand in a square. Okay. George, face me. And Marie, you're facing Becky. No, Lewis faces Bill. We're, we're not exact, but, but you have a sense of what a square. Now, everybody take just a very small step backward on three. One, two, three. Okay. Now, everybody take, on the count of three, a small step forward. One, two, three. See, that was, we just square danced. Okay. You can, you can take your seats. Thank you. I wanted to give you a sense of, of Christian unity. You know, all of, we were individuals all standing there together. But when the caller called out the step to the lack of music, everybody did the same thing. And then everybody did the same thing again when we took a step forward. Well, that's how we are as individuals in a church. That's how we are as churches in a denomination. That's how we are in denominations around the world, all among each other. We're unified. Now, I have two challenges for you. One of them is within this room to find something about someone else that unifies you. Find something that you have in common that you didn't know about. Now, you don't have to do this today, but it would be easier since everybody's here. It would be easy to do at Warren and Bessie's reception. Talk to someone and find out something you have in common. And that will bring us together. Now, that's one thing. The other thing I want you to do is think beyond these walls to the people that you encounter in the store, even in your family. Wherever you go, encounter someone and find something that you have in common with them that you didn't know before. And that, too, will bring us together as Christians. Now, they might be Christians. They might, be, they might not be. It doesn't matter. Whatever we do to connect with each other is going to help us as a community of faith. And it's going to help us strengthen the church around the world. One final story. There was a lion and a boar, B-O-A-R, who came to a spring, a, a pool, to drink. And the boar turned to the lion and he said, I was here first. I get to drink first. And the lion said, I was the one who showed you where the spring was. You get out of here. And they were fighting verbally, and then that escalated into fighting ferociously with each other. Well, they stopped to take a breath, and they looked up, and they saw vultures. And they realized that if they kept fighting, 
the vultures would be feasting on one of them later. Now let us pray for that person in this room whom you will encounter, for the person beyond this room who you will encounter, and for Christian unity worldwide so that the vultures do not attack us. Let's pray together. God of love and power and peace, we pray for your strength. We pray for love. And we pray for unity. In the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.